Wow. Yeah. Like when the horns come in there, it's insanity. Like at the end. Yes. It's that because the horns are like the original, you know, they're more like French horns. They're more like classic 70s, 80s Batman or like, you know, Elfman, yeah. John Williams Z. And then yeah. like you get that at the end of the more current, like more like bass heavy um, themes that they have now for movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm, I mean, we're just going to slink right into it. Uh, I'm going to slink right into the podcast right now. Hey, everybody. Right. Welcome to the Hello. and WB podcast. I'm your host, Chris Booker-Taylor, and I'm joined here with uh, Galaxy Productions himself. That's right. That's uh, R in there. Because no, 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 no. I'm Vengeance. And <laughs> that name is Grayson. Hi, Grayson. Hello. How's it going? I'm good. Okay. Um. Great. This is awesome. Uh, yeah. So a, a huge, huge movie just came out in the DC from the DC universe within the DC universe. We witnessed a piece of the DC universe happen recently. I witnessed it happen once, but Grayson Levesque himself has seen it three times now. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it three times. Wow. It, it was it was it was great every time. Okay, awesome. Uh, so we're yes. going to get into details about the Batman today. Um, very formal. Uh, he's the Batman. And, the uh, Batman. Yeah, that kind of year two Batman, right? Uh, where you actually see his jawline. Um, you, you see his cheekbones hardcore in this new cowl. So first up, suit. That's what we're talking about, the suit. What do you think about the suit? Oh my gosh, I... It's... One of my favorites, um, I think, like, overall, my favorite, like, Batman costume is the Rebirth Batman, you know, from the comics. But I feel like that's, it's very heavily inspired. So I, I, I like it. I like it. It's very practical. And nice. It's... Let's talk about your love for Batman, too. Like, because like, we talked about the Flash last time you were on the show. Yeah. Um, and you um, have an affinity for collecting Legos and, and oh, yeah. custom building different Legos. Mm-hmm. And that's me yeah. sound like, oh, yeah, I'm custom building a house. But no, just like a character you'll custom make. So, oh, yeah. I, I watched you. This is off brand, but I watched you make uh, it live the um, uh, Nathan Drake from Uncharted, <laughs> the Uncharted movie. Like you took yeah. the torso of a shirtless. Um, Robert Downey Jr., right? Um, Iron well, Man. Well, no, no, no. I used the. Well, you, well, yes, I did. I did use that, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It was. Yeah, it was the the torso from from you know when he's in his you know Iron Man garage. What's it called? I don't know what it's called. It's not Iron Cave or something. 
But yeah, Iron like that. Cave. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. Iron Cave. Let's let's go with the yeah. the, the, the the melting pot, as it were. We'll call it the yeah. melting pot. But yeah, I use I use that shirt. Um, I use the the Cloud City Luke Skywalker legs. You know, with the pockets. Wow. Very specific. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. Though. Kind of that green and, hand yeah. color. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and, and it works out. Um, and of course, you can use like you know the like pretty much any like you know Peter Parker head sculpt you know for for Tim Drake. But if you want to go for the um uh for Nathan the Drake. game. Yeah, for Nathan Drake for the from the video game, then go with the the Bucky Barnes, uh, uh, you know, from what you call it, you know, you know the mystery packs, you know the the what if and uh, you know Captain America Winter Soldier. The Disney Plus, uh, yeah, we we had a lot of fun going around town looking for those, and we found yeah, this we found one behind like underneath the the shelving unit. Like I picked up yeah. the shelving unit, dig, dug my hand underneath. And it was at a Ralph's, just like a food store. Like they had a tiny little, little, uh, like, like toy section. And yeah, of all places. I just put my hand in there, and I pulled out a Disney Plus Lego figurine, and it was a mystery figure. So we yeah. brought it home, and it was Gamora from What If. And <laughs> what's funny is her episode was deleted. Like they are, they didn't have time because of COVID to to make that episode. So yeah. episode was pushed to season two. So I have like an advanced figure in a way, um, which is really neat. And then I also have Falcon and Winter Soldier. Those are the two other Disney Plus Legos that I got. Which ones did you get? Um, I also got Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, I was also fortunate enough to collect uh, Spider-Man. And um, I also got T'Challa. You know, oh, very cool. Starlet. That's the one yeah. I wanted. But yeah, yeah, I, that's so yeah. cool. Um, I always just move on though if I don't get it. Uh, <laughs> like, whatever. Like, yeah, I love how I love how we just took a delve into the the Marvel realm of it all through Legos. Let's get back to Batman. So there, yeah. we also watched a video about how there's like a, like over like so many different Batman Legos too. Oh yeah. Yeah, um, it was it was insane. Some, some of yours, I would love. I would still love them to do a Val Kilmer and George Clooney versions of the Batman. Um, I think those yeah. would be like like a double set. You can get those two together, and they have little yeah. nips. You know, <laughs> the nips are 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 the most important part of it all. Yeah, because the bat suit's so important, and this new bat suit again is really neat because of the cowl. Um, he doesn't have the, the like his arms. They, he has like what are those like arrows? He doesn't necessarily mm. have like the um, ninja uh, like blades that are like sticking out. You well, know, actually, like, he, he does. He he does, he does have those. Yeah, they're okay. just they're just harder to see. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's take a closer. walk. Um, let's take a walk through the movie a little bit. You know, the movie opens um, with. It's all political intrigue. This movie gets very political and very deep into that. And like the first bit is the senator running, and um, he's in his house and he's watching the debate live, right? Or yeah, yeah. Or is he watching himself in the debate? Or well, no, he he's watch he's watching himself. Well, no, he's watching the live debate of himself from earlier that evening. I I okay, guess yeah. yeah. And then yeah. um, behind him is the Riddler, but not my, my Riddler from my childhood, which was Jim Carrey. <laughs> uh, not like the Riddler from the 19, 1966 
Um, <laughs> not the guy who played the Riddler in animation, like the, the DCAU Riddler, who oh. also was in Smallville, and he was mm. in uh, Shazam, that actor. And um, he's a pretty cool dude. Uh, he plays like the bad guy's um, dad in Shazam. Um, oh. And then he plays Lex Luthor, or yeah, I think he plays Lex Luthor's father, or is it Lenny Luthor or something? In in, if I said Smallville, I, if I said Roswell, I meant Smallville, Smallville, Smallville. Um, yeah, um, I think it's I, Lenny. Um, yeah. So um, whoever his dad is um, is played by this actor as well, um, which is really neat. Yeah. Um, yeah, Michael Rosenbaum's dad in Smallville. Um, yeah. So he was the Riddler. And now we got um, our new Riddler, which is um, very, uh, you know, every Riddler, I feel like this is something I've been thinking about a lot. Every Riddler, every Joker, a lot of these superheroes, like someone I saw online respond really negatively to be about this and be like, this is just like the incels of the current internet age. And I'm like, yeah, listen, every um every villain in the batman films is kind of a representation of the current culture right if you look at the 80s we have um we have uh jack nicholson and we have prince both kind of together representing the joker you know what i mean mm. and then um then you have uh, in the '90s, Jim Carrey was all the rage. You had him portraying the Riddler, you know. And so, like, Jim Carrey is very '90s um, comedy culture. You know, he kind of like built what the '90s '90s comedy is in a way. Okay, I could see that. Um, I could see that. Yeah. And then uh, later on, like you know, you have the Nolan era, where um, I think a lot of stuff then in the and post 9-11, you know, is very much in a response to 9-11. So you have kind of that Joker is more of a response to that type of culture, where then now you have this new Riddler who is more of a lot of people are keep trying to relate it. We watched that Lego five minute version of the Batman. Do you remember? Yes. Yeah. And, and in that um they they kept making the joke that uh that he like that the riddler is just the zodiac killer right but yeah. i i think, I think it, but by the way john glover is who i was referencing before he played um, like mr savannah in shazam he played the riddler in the dc animated stuff um he's a cool cool dude um he's definitely like part of the dc family like hardcore you know he's done like three or four different DC projects. Um, mm. but yeah, so uh, this current design of the Riddler is very much in response to incel culture on the internet. And I, I don't know if you're aware, Grayson, again, you're 17. I don't know if you're aware what incel culture is at all. It, incel culture? Yeah, and um, so incel um, is, is an actual word. Um, so it's a member of an online community of young men. So mm. almost around your age that consider themselves unable to attract women sexually. So they're typically associated with views that are hostile towards women 
and the men who are se- who are sexually active. So it's men on the internet who are kind of like upset that they can't get, you know, and and they're angry that other men can. And this is basically this is like a type of caricature of uh, someone on the deep internet like spreading hate is what this mm. Riddler is based off of. So I think a lot of wow. people bounce off of that negatively because they saw themselves in the villain in the story. <laughs> but again, the villain, I think this story has a very um like the the ending especially, I feel like is a very watchman-esque ending. If I don't know yeah. if you understand what I mean by that, but in a way, I'm gonna jump to the end, but they capture the Riddler and he lets them capture him. Uh, mm-hmm. He's just like eating pie, right? And and then um, <laughs> when Batman is interviewing him in like a classic Batman movie scene of villain behind glass. I know like in the Nolan ones, it was like the Joker and Batman in a room together. Like in this, yeah. it's it's the glasses in between them. And uh, the Riddler's like, like, I'm like, you're my idol. I'm doing everything because like you do what you do. And also, like, that thing that, like, is going to happen, it already happened, like, a couple minutes ago, which is what the end of Watchmen is, that the, like, Mm. the grand designer reveals that his uh, big villainous plan already took place, um, and it's too late for the heroes. And because maybe Ozymandias is the hero, and that's, like, what the story is proposing, because his whole... What he's trying to do to the world is he's creating a bigger threat so that humanity will unite against this larger threat. Also, I wanna I wanna like kind of draw parallels to to that that like interrogation scene with um with the with the Riddler and the Joker. It's that like when you have the Joker, it's like you know the Joker let himself get caught, you know to to cause more mayhem and and chaos because that's that's his whole his whole motivation and then batman is just trying to get information to stop him and the joker while batman is tossing him around the room like a ragdoll is just laughing because there's nothing that batman could do now with the with the riddler it's different because one he in he he asks for batman he's like you know Come, come here. I, I want to talk to you. And then, Batman. exactly. And once things, and you know, you know, Riddler is so caught up in 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 it all. It's like he thinks that you know he's in cahoots with Batman to some extent. Um, and but once he starts seeing things that aren't like you know going his way, he starts you know have because Riddler has his contingencies. So then you also have that moment of there's nothing that batman can do because the damage is already done and like you know batman doesn't have the chance to throw him around like a rag doll which just gives riddler the more edge because he knows that if he can't be with batman then at least he has batman bending to his will to some extent and i feel like that's that's that, that's i think that's that's a very a uh, classic Batman villain, or like what a Batman villain should do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, cool. yeah. Further, further, furthermore, I wanted to also say this: it's um, um, you know, uh, 
when I when I saw like you know they kind of they kind of poke fun at it at the, in the movie where where Riddler you know is like hi guys welcome to my channel uh, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. I I mean that was that was fun chuckle, but I'm pretty sure like it's like I can totally totally yeah oh yeah that too that too but i'm pretty sure like you know in the real world if like the riddler or the joker or um what's what's another batman villain or i guess penguin maybe not penguin scare maybe not as much scarecrow but but definitely riddler and joker they would totally have oh and harley quinn they would totally have like um have like like a what like the the, the 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 dummy um like the the gangster dummy oh uh mad hatter is that him no no no, no. like like the one that's like a, like a guy and he has like a dummy on his on his on his hand like a puppet i don't remember that one yeah. hang on like a ventriloquist a ventriloquist batman ventriloquist oh, yeah. good 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 great character definitely would have his own like youtube channel for sure arnold wesker yeah like like on the dark like on the dark web like i i can totally see like those kinds of those kinds of villains having that because because just who they are they they kind of want i mean you you hear stories like all the time of like you know someone like messes around on the dark web and gets in a in some deep deep water i feel like you know it i feel like that's something that that like the Joker or Riddler would be a part of probably more so the Riddler because the Riddler likes to do kind of like that um that kind of saw esque you know, uh, element to his to his whole gimmick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It was very, it was a little saw esque. Um, so the first clue that the Riddler gives the Batman is I feel like we he should be the Riddler. And this is the Batman, <laughs> and that was the version of the Joker. Because there was another. Mm-hmm. Um, we also got that Joker scene, um, mm-hmm. which I, I I didn't need, but uh, I'm I like no. I still respect that they um, went for it. I guess mm-hmm. I'm just tired I, of the Joker personally. Um, but for, yeah, yeah, you can do other characters. I understand it's the Joker though, but mm-hmm. uh, another live action adaptation. Uh, yeah, uh, so. Going back to the first clue that the Riddler gives him, and it has an owl on it. And I thought they were definitely setting up Court of Owls, Night of mm-hmm. Owls, uh, there, which is which makes me excited. I really do hope that they're going to bring in Court of Owls into this series. Um, then later on, when he's like running, Batman's running around somewhere in a warehouse. You probably know this better. I think it's written on the side of a truck. It's spray painted, but it says "Hush" on a, on a truck. Oh, on a did it? Yeah. So oh, I I miss that. Yeah, but both Court of Owls and Hush, I believe, were referenced. So hmm. it might be interesting. We might get both those um, those types of characters in here. I really do think Owlman is due for like a live action appearance, and I think. The Owl Man that um, how they portray him in Court of Owls is really mm-hmm. really cool, and how I would like to see it happen, especially with how they kind of upset the um, boundary between good and evil in Thomas Wayne, and right. how um, you know maybe Thomas Wayne wasn't the best; he was working with the mob. That's what we learned in this movie, um, right. which also the 
mob characters in Batman have the last name Falcone, right? F-A-L-N-O-N-E. My mom's maiden name, last name, is Falcone, right? My grandfather's name was Italo Falcone, which just means to me, like, Italy Falcon. Like, he was the Italy Falcon, right? And then Mm. below him, and he was a doctor, um, which Thomas Wayne also was a doctor. uh, Right. Which is interesting, because in this movie, they reveal the doctor um, is working with the mob, which the Falcones, the doctor is working with the Falcones. And to me, it's like, well, my grandfather was a doctor and a Falcone. Really crazy. And then to to cap it all off, Italo Falcone, my grandfather's father's name. So my great grandfather who came over here um, to uh, through Ellis Island um, in the I believe in the 30s, um, his name was Carmine Falcone. Wow. Which is just the name of the bad guy in this movie. So I'm like, is does my family like is is this character are these characters based off of my family of some type of reality? Like I feel like someone rewrote my own history, like my my own um familial history and 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 made it into this movie in a way. I think I'm Catwoman is what I'm trying to say here. I'm so <laughs> Um, and, and my great grandfather is Carmine Falcone. I guess technically I'm like, I'm Catwoman's like daughter or, or, <laughs> right. Or, or son, or I guess. Son, yeah. something like that. Yeah. I guess son, uh, because my mom was, my mom would be Catwoman then in this scenario. This is getting weird. <laughs> yeah. Just, just a little bit. The something else though, is that, and I don't know why this is, but in the movie, they call him. Carmine Falcone, and it irritated the crap out of me every time I would watch it, because I'm like, because, like, they would say, oh, Falcone, and then I'd, like, quietly in my seat go, E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there are some people that you you would refer to my mom as Falcone, and, like, like, that was, like, also correct, but I feel like Falcone is more fun to say, and it's more like me. Falcone! It's just more fun. Um... Yeah, so I was in, I'm part of the Falcone family, the Falcone family, which was really wow. cool how they related the penguin and Falcone to um to the clue that they had in this movie because they mm-hmm. were looking for the uh what was what's the term they use the um the rat the yeah the rat with wings right the rat with wings yeah so yeah. specifically it was somebody with wings a penguin has wings. No, a falcon has wings. I thought that was really cool because yeah. they didn't name the characters in this movie Penguin and Falcone to be a reference to to make this to make this story bit work. But they, you know, they ended up they did like a little reversal and made it fit, and it was really cool. I thought so. That yeah. I thought that was a really cool idea um, in this film. The, the you know, film, yeah, I think. I think you're absolutely right, you know, because when it's something that what what the Batman did was was something that I think the other like Batman movies in general were afraid to do, which was make was pretty much make the movie. Well, the film, because I think a movie and a film are different. And this was definitely a film. Um, They they made it a detective film instead of a superhero movie. You know, they they really 
Which, you know, comes with its pros and its cons. But, like, if you're really going to, like, you know, kind of put the cast the light of Batman is the world's greatest detective, but, like, only show him, you know, punching bad guys and throwing batarangs, he doesn't throw a single batarang in this movie, which is, yeah, yeah, interesting. He he does do the one where he takes it out of his chest, right? And then he, yeah, I guess he uses it to cut the rope. He doesn't throw it, though, right? Correct. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. He just. He just. He just cuts it. You know, and like yeah, also yeah. to get into the door, but but okay. that doesn't count. But yeah, but like no, seriously, no, it's just. It. Yeah, it's just him, you know, trying to solve a mystery. And if anyone yeah. who really like you know they you know they like that type of type of thing, the Batman, kind of kind of leans into that. And you know, like the Dark Knight films, they kind of leaned into, uh, you know, Bruce Wayne being really really smart and you know kind of doing detective work um michael keaton's or or uh, uh george clooney i don't think any of them did did that it was more more you know for the camp yeah i guess val kilmer was the closest because he had a riddler so like he would get riddles so he was trying to solve those i guess yeah. like, that's the closest we had before this and then in the dark knight there's the bullet that mm. they like reverse engineer not in the back cave and like that in that white like room, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that underground like cement room. Um, <laughs> the, they re- the, they when they reverse build like a bullet, and then they find like a thumbprint on the bullet or something like that. I think that's yes. the dark night. I think they try to do a little more detectivey stuff in that. But overall, yeah. this is definitely the most detective. And yeah. the mystery that he's trying to solve is the Riddler's mystery, which happens to be what I was saying before that Thomas Wayne was working with the mob that um, all of these people that you think are good and righteous are actually have a corrupt side. All of these mm-hmm. people that are the one percenters in Gotham have a corrupt side. And yeah. again, it's a very much a commentary on a lot of things. But um, I think that it's an, an important thing, too. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. For sure. It's like what what this movie really did for for me anyway is like if we are going to get another Justice League team up with Robert Pattinson as Batman, I really can see this version of Batman more so than Ben Affleck, who's already been like you know with the Justice League. I can see this Batman having a sec- like you know secret plans to take down each member of the Justice League. I can totally see a, a Tower of Babel story working more with this version of bruce wayne uh than than with ben affleck you know because i mean he kind of he kind of did that with with uh with um batman v superman when he came up with with like you know superman's weaknesses but it just it just didn't work it it was kind of like kind of like oh yeah i know this anyway this one it's more more thought out it's more flush you know it's instead of is there a difference in the Justice League approach to Batman's knowledge of the Superman stuff compared to the Zack Snyder's Justice League? Yes. Um, because, well, I mean, jo- is that what we're calling it now? Justice League? Uh, that's the only way. That's the only thing to call it. Yeah. Okay. All right. The Justice League. Well, Batman didn't feel like Batman to me in that movie. He felt like, I don't know, just a depressed Iron Man. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have to go 
through and watch again BVS. I've never seen BVS or Zack oh, really? League or Justice League. So I'm going to have, yeah. yeah, and I do this podcast, right? But I, I like, right. I want to wait and like, I don't know. That whole situation was really wild. Yeah. But yeah. I'm going to sit down, hunker down, and watch all of them. So it's going to be interesting for yeah. sure. I do know that there is a little bit of difference. I heard like, um, there's one more coincidence in the Zack Snyder version where uh, like Lois Lane just happens to be there, but in mm-hmm. the Justice League version, it's more of a foresight of Batman's that like he places her there intentionally, yeah. which I think is which, a better character thing motivation. That, well, yes and no, but it's like the way that that how it works doesn't make any sense at all. It just doesn't. I'm sure it doesn't because he's trying to like piecemeal all this stuff together. And in no way defending Joss Whedon, just so everyone knows, like after oh, that guy, okay. what he did. <laughs> yeah. I'm just yeah, strictly here. talking about the writing between the two movies has nothing yeah. to do with the people as people seem to be. Yeah. Uh, um, Joss Whedon's a terrible yeah. human being. Yes. So anyway, yeah. back to um, the Batman, Matt Reeves. So Matt Reeves the Batman. The film. We love Matt Reeves. Uh, he oh, yeah. did the second and third um, uh, Planet of the Apes movies, like the of, of the new of the newer CG ones, uh, with Andy Serkis, uh, who was also in this movie. And before that, he did Cloverfield because he was a J.J. Abrams boy because he directed episodes of Felicity, which was hey. a. Ding, ding, ding. Warner Brothers Network TV show. So, see, I brought it all back to Warner Brothers again. See how I do that? What? See how we so do? clever. What? Uh, so yeah. Clever. So, The Batman. So, I'm really glad Matt Reeves got to have his vision told here. Um, I thought that the um, chemistry between Catwoman and Batman was pretty great. Again, um, we were talking about this a little the other day, not on the air, but you were talking to me about how you were just saying earlier that the suit is very rebirth, not new 52, but more of a rebirth esque suit, even though it doesn't yeah. have the yellow etching or gold etching around the bat logo on his chest. Correct. That's definitely different. Yeah. I think that's the main rebirth thing that I think of a lot. Um, that's true. I think that's really cool yeah. and subtle. Um, well, I'm really talking about the cowl, like the rebirth cowl. Really, really, really goes goes well with 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 that, you know. Very fair. With, with um, the with the not not as like uh, pointed uh, well pointed ears, you know, uh, just kind of like very cut low. Yeah, the yeah the more low cut ears. I think I like the lower cut ears or like more mid range better than the Same. really tall ones. I uh, agree. Take me through Rebirth, because I haven't read it. I read a bunch of New 52, I mean, you know, a lot of stuff before that, Grant Morrison's run. Um, but take me through a little bit of Rebirth and what the point of that was. <laughs> okay, it's... Oh my gosh, and um, I know a lot of people didn't really like Rebirth Batman, but I generally liked... I, I really liked it because it focuses on an element that is so crucial to the character that is batman which is the question can batman be happy and like so can the batman still exist if he is happy (laughs) and the question i mean 
and in a way they kind of leave it open to interpretation but you know he what they do is they kind of really uh they they play with the relationship between him and catwoman um and to the point where like they get engaged and you know they they're about to get married um and you know of course other stuff happens like on the journey to that and then like on the wedding day they realize that batman can't exist if he's happy he can't exist if because you know catwoman makes him happy it makes him feel better and there's also element like you know what what mask of the Fan- phantasm did is where bruce wayne feels wrong for being happy so if he if he allows himself to be happy then the the notion of batman disappears yeah you know and of course there are other elements because there's that that one episode that one issue where uh, he goes uh back to the flashpoint universe and uh, you know talks to his his father who is is the batman of his universe and what his father says to him is um don't be batman be happy and you know bruce wayne really thinks about what that means and realizes that he can't afford to give up being Batman because it's Gotham City. It's it's the most broken part of the world. <laughs> yeah. In, yeah. Now again, so, in Grant Morrison's run when he was writing Batman, um, which is just pre New Fifty Two, he wrote in again. So he had uh, before he did his run, they released the Black Case book. So in this Batman movie. And so, like, we were saying, so you're saying with this, that Rebirth, um, they're definitely, like, pulling elements out of Rebirth for this, the Batman film. And it's going to probably be the the Batman trilogy, uh, Mm -hmm. Matt Reeves' Batman trilogy, and that probably Catwoman and Batman will get engaged or something. Something deeper is going to happen in this film with that relationship. Um, Yeah. And if we go back, back to the beginning of the movie. I don't know if they do this throughout the film. Maybe you can help me out with that. But he writes in the Black Case book in this movie. Mm-hmm. And you actually hear Batman's voiceover narration, which is really cool because, you know, if you ever read a Batman comic book, any comic book, there's always, like, voiceover narration of, like, the inner thoughts of the of the lead character or the different characters. Yeah. And, I always read in Kevin Conroy's voice, of course, who um, mm-hmm. did a, a Tower of Babel type story too with Justice League Doom, which we still need to talk about. Uh, yes. Which I ended up watching on the anniversary, the 10th anniversary, in like February 26th or something. I sat down and watched it. Then I looked online and someone was like, Happy 10th anniversary to this movie that you just watched. I was like, Oh my gosh. I didn't say you just watched, but I, I added that bit in my head because I just watched it. I was like, Wow, what a coincidence. What a quinky dink. Um, But the Black Case book, when Grant Morrison took over writing Batman, he released it. And it was a bunch. It was like it was like eight or nine issues uh, from the 40, 50 year run of Batman that he liked and that he was going to pull his story from. And one of those stories was Thomas Wayne at a party. And this again, this comic was written like the 40s or 50s, dressing up as a Batman type character. So. Hmm that he played with that element in his run with Batman. And I think they go back in time or something and he sees that because Batman, you know, he dies um, 
and um and you know i think he dies trying to kill dark side in the final crisis um like um the anti-matter equation um and this is like in like the 2000s and our late 2000s i don't know something like that uh, he dies mm. but he doesn't actually die what happens is batman just gets sent all the way back to like the beginning of time so he's with like prehistoric man and he has to find a way to jump back so he keeps jumping or sorry jumping back back to the future right he's jumping forward uh in the future trying to get back to regular regular time so you see him in like the 1800s at one point which crosses over with the um new th- I, maybe this was around well it crosses over with the um the western the dc comics western comic that they have and um of course they had um uh the the guy with his face half melted off and in, in there from batman comics and the batman yeah. cartoons two two face uh no, no 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 from from the 1800s from western times um oh and they made a movie with it too um, oh you also yeah you make a oh you mean uh uh, uh gotham by gaslight um no but uh, gotham by gaslight's also really great um but the, the in this you know they kind of justify why Grant Morrison justifies why he's jumping through all these time hmm. times. Right. He's trying to get back to his own. Um, yeah. All right then. Yeah. Um. Oh man. So more thoughts. More thoughts on the Batman. All right. Think? Let's see. Um. Well. Uh. I mean, we kind of already talked about about the Joker a little bit, and I think that. Well, what I hope they do with the Joker is not make him a villain. I hope that Joker stays in Arkham and lets lets, you know, kind of plays with the Riddler, you know, kind of so then the Riddler is the one who breaks out and, you know, he becomes more of the 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 Riddler with the with more pizzazz, you know, with the with the question mark bowler hat, uh, you know, with the suit and tie. Because yeah, that, yeah. I feel like that's something that the Joker would inspire, right? Definitely, um, yeah, yeah. And they then you know, maybe the Joker in this movie, yeah. And you know, maybe have you know have you know Riddler come back for the Joker, and then let the Joker roam free, and then you know let let him establish his own, and then come up in in a, in like later later iterations of this character. You know, I feel like. Like, because I like like you, I'm sick of the Joker because you know he's such a great character, but he's not the only character. Like, I would love to see Zaz or Grundy, or uh, I mean, we we've already seen the Scarecrow, but we could get or Scarecrow Jonah again. Hacks, who I was just referencing. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, him. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or uh, Ar- Ar- Arnold Wesker, the the ventriloquist. You know, you... that's it. Uh, yeah, we need the ventriloquist in there. Imagine if they got Josh. Brolin back to play Jonas, even though no one watched that movie. <laughs> like, you know, in the Flash movie, Andy Muschietti's yeah. The Flash, like, why not just throw in Josh Brolin as Jonah Hex in there? Like, wh- totally. why not? Yeah, I, I think... Yeah. It's it's very, 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 very centered around, like, you know, politics and, uh, and you know, the, the underbelly of Gotham, so I think you're, like, you're really gonna get more of of you know the penguin because they went the gangster route here so um yeah. you know and of course the Cor- Cor- just a baby in this he's a baby penguin and baby not, penguin. 
now that Carmine is dead or was shot, um, yeah. that the Penguin's now up next. You know, it's his club. He's yeah. he's he's the head of he's the head of the mob now. So we're gonna see how that plays out. I mean, I'm sure they'll introduce like Two Face again, but I would like more characters that we haven't seen on screen yet. Because mm-hmm. all the characters in this movie we've seen previously, basically. I right. thought that they showed a woman working at Wayne Manor, and I thought that that was the same woman from the original Batman '66 series. Hmm. Like, there's a there's an aunt who works. I, I think they call her an aunt. Um. Uh, and yeah, so she she works with Alfred. Hmm. Oh, you 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 also remind me is that um you know I was talking to Holly about this um and how how Bruce Wayne in this movie is just an angsty teenager basically that's what he is and it's like you know pretty much you know telling off Alfred and not realizing the importance of of Alfred you know. Yeah. Until until he almost loses Alfred, you know, because because of because he dragged him into, you know, in into his crusade, you know, it makes him, you know, and I, I think that was something that was interesting because I'm like, dang, how can you treat Alfred like this? He practically raised you. But like, you know, Bruce Wayne, again, going still dealing with the trauma. This is a very bro probably one of the most broken versions of the character I have seen. Um, oh, the character's so broken. It's it's really cool. It's really cool to see Robert Pattinson play that, too, because he's such a good actor. He's fascinating yeah. to watch. His, his posture throughout this movie is incredible. There's one moment when he is in, like, the Penguin Club, Club Penguin. You know, people keep making that joke now. Like, <laughs> this isn't a kids movie. Then why does Batman go to Club Penguin in it? Which I think is so funny. Uh, <laughs> but um, you know, like in Club Penguin, when he's when he's Bruce Wayne, he comes in there, and the look on his face, the pose that he's like that that posture that he has is so amazing. Like he's such a phenomenal actor, and just to see him contemplating and thinking and. By the end of this movie, the point of this movie is that he like fully embraces and becomes the Batman by the end and finds out what the Batman is. Because like mm. all this time he's trying to achieve justice, but at what cost? You know, and the cost is the Riddler thinking that Batman is that they're on the same side, that he's influencing these nuts. You know, Batman is the online influencer in a way. And he's yeah. influencing all these nut jobs by, uh, by by dressing up. That's something that he has to embrace. But he also has to embrace like becoming Batman. And like one of the last shots of the movie is simply like again, Batman fails in this film, right? Like the the whole point would have been to save the city from all the explosions, and he doesn't. He's talking to the Riddler as it happens. And the Riddler thinks like, "Oh, we're all going to celebrate together," but mm. that does not happen at all you know like and then he goes and tries to save everybody and whole place gets flooded and he's he keeps falling down and the only like the lesson that he learns is to keep moving forward and to save people right is to save these lives there's that kid that's planted throughout the entire movie it's the son of the senator from the beginning of the film and he's almost like the robin of the movie right so we see him at the beginning we see him at the middle and then we see batman help save this kid's life at the end you know 
Bruce Wayne sees himself in this kid emotionally. He sees this kid and wants to help him with his life because of what he's been right. through. Uh, the also the uh, character from Batman sixty six I was thinking is uh, Aunt Harriet Cooper, who was played by Madge Blake, and supposedly she's based off of the comic book character. So there actually is a um, Harriet Cooper from the comics starting in nineteen sixty four uh, in a Detective Comics three sixty eight, and she's Dick mm-hmm. Grayson's aunt. Who comes to live at uh, Wayne Manor in the comics? Uh, I guess it says after the death of Alfred. Wow! But in this movie, it's not Aunt ha- Aunt Harriet Cooper. I guess because they didn't introduce um, a, a Dick Grayson, so you know it's a it's a different character entirely. But when mm-hmm. I saw a woman working at Wayne Manor, I was like, oh my gosh, that is Aunt Harriet Cooper. Yeah, that's wow. That's that's great. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, going back to what you were saying about like you know, uh, Batman being the uh, influencer is because you know he starts the the movie. You know, someone you know one of the thugs that he's about to you know beat the snot out of is like, "Who the hell are you supposed to be?" And he says, "I'm vengeance," and then. Um, towards the you know towards the end of the movie, one of Riddler's uh, goons says that he's vengeance, and then it's like then it clicks, it clicks for for Bruce like what what it means to be vengeance, and eventually, I don't know if if we're ever gonna get like you know a, a, a Talia Al Ghul Damian Wayne sort of thing that happens in in these movies, but it's definitely going to lead to the justice not vengeance thing that he always tries to relay. Um, yeah, because now, now he knows, he knows what those, what, what those two words mean. They're like, they're not, they're not, they're not the same. They're not the same. Um, and you know, it's, I mean, like, yeah, and you're right. He is the fluencer. I guess the only difference is he's not wearing hockey pads, but that's, that's something different. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they're gonna go Damian Wayne Talia. I think. I think you're right. More, they're gonna stick with the more rebirth route. And even mm-hmm. though Batman and Catwoman didn't get married, I think. I mean, there was also an issue. I remember that was the first date between a double date between Catwoman, Batman, and then and then uh, Superman and Lane. Yeah. And, and that was like that was like a big mm-hmm. deal. But oh. I, I mean, I, I think they might go further in Rebirth and they'll actually do the Helena Wayne storyline because in a post-Flashpoint Earth 2 continuity, uh, Helena Wayne is the daughter of Batman and Catwoman and she's the mm. Huntress, right? And I oh, think, yeah. Um, she was also in the Birds of Prey TV series that was technically canonized to the... It's called the DCW-verse, but the Arrow-verse or the... Uh, yeah the CW DC verse um, in the mm-hmm. crisis on infinite earths. You saw one of the characters from the 2003 birds of prey WB network show, like running away from the big uh, like red sky. I think it was. Mm, oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. So Huntress, oh, in... away, I think is where they're going to go. It would be cool if in this story we get Helena Wayne and we get Damian Wayne, and then like you know, in like ten years, they they're just the Batman and like the Batgirl or like the Batwoman now or whatever she wants to be, hunt the Huntress. Right. 
in in actually in Rebirth, I I wanted to point out that uh, Dick Grayson, Damian Wayne, and Tim Drake are all are all in it. Actually, nice. um, they they get kidnapped by Bane in like the third volume, I think it is. Anyway, but um, what I what I didn't say is, I mean, going back to something that I said earlier, which was that they kind of leave leave things open for interpretation. But one of the things that they do is, I want to say it's volume two. I want to say it's volume two, where, you know, where, you know, Batman and Catwoman pretty much share a moment together. And like pretty much, this is where they decide, no, 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 I think this is also volume three, where they decide to like move forward together. Um, and then, you know, they have this kind of like this, uh, um, you know, look to the future of what happens if they were to get together. And, you know, Bruce, you know, kind of has health, ha- he has health problems. And, uh, you know, they, I think they, they do have a daughter, and I think it is Helena. Okay. Um, um, but I think she's like a, a, a Batman, oh, oh, a Batgirl character instead. Um, yeah, I think Huntress. I think when they did Crisis on Infinite Earths originally in 1985, I think Huntress was originally a version of Batgirl that they like reinterpreted as Earth Two Batgirl, yeah. which became she like changed her name to Huntress, you know. So yeah, I think Batgirl and Huntress is all the same character, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's about a different character, but yeah. my memory serves me. Lovers not happens. Expert. <laughs> um. Yeah. But yeah, so it's like you have these two these two characters that that essentially grow old together, and it's so it's so weird, but in a good way to see these two characters that we know that at some point in their life were just running around Gotham City in black tights and pointy yeah. ears, kicking yeah. kicking crap out of criminals and fighting along you know the Justice League. And now they're just old people. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like like the like an alternative to the Dark Knight Returns, except this time the Dark Knight does not return. The Dark Knight ceases to exist because he's happy. And also he yeah. dies happy. Yeah, wow, that's really cool. It's and, and or Batman Beyond, where he's like, I'm in the suit, but I'm too old now. And then he has to like, right. find a predecessor. Yes. Successor. Yeah. You know, it's actually I think the first the first volume it's like um Batman almost dies. You know, he's like there are messages prepared for the boys. Uh Damien no, sorry, Dick is is ready to be Batman after me now. You know, pretty much going through all of this stuff, the last thing, like would mother and father be proud of me, Alfred? Um and then I'm like, bro, already? <laughs> like you can't. This is like the first issue. You can't kill Batman. Yeah, and of course, of course, of course they don't. Of course yeah, they don't. But, but imagine but, if they did. <laughs> man, yeah. it's like, well, that's that. Yeah, but so yeah, obviously, it's obviously uh, was, too. Um, the Matt Reeves, the Batman, is based a little bit off of Long Halloween, which I still have. I've read it, but I mean, I read it a long time ago, but I still haven't. Um, I still haven't seen the an- a- animated adaptation of it yet. 
Yeah. It is loosely based. Well, ki- kind of yes, yes and no. There are some elements that are definitely present, but uh, if anything, I think um, this really takes inspiration from uh, Batman. Oh yeah, New Fifty Two. Uh, the uh, Zero. Well, Earth an, an Earth One, Earth One Batman. Um, you know, uh, where. You know where you have like the Riddler actually blowing up the harbor and stuff. That's actually taken directly from I think it's Earth One Batman. Wow. Um, an- another thing is, uh, oh, for the like you know the Long Halloween. The the elements are there when when I f- saw the bat the Batman for the first time. I saw it March second. You know uh, on it on that Tuesday for or no March first. Sorry, w- when it came out and. With, like at my theater, they gave us you know uh, uh, issue number one of of the Long Halloween. Nice. Um, so you have like pretty much the mob elements of that, and of course you know the movie starts on October thirty first. So yeah. there are elements there. They um, so yeah, it's 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 cool. Um, and um, yeah, so I so. Some of yeah. the Jeff Lee stories are really great from then. Uh, also, the 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 scratches on Carmine Falcone's face are in the comic book as well. Mm. I don't yeah. know if they originated from Long Halloween. I just can't remember. Or maybe the other ones are Dark Victory and Catwoman went in Rome. And um, there's like one more. I think there's like four Jeff Loeb Tim Sale comics out there. Yeah. Obviously, Hush. Um, well, yeah, but Tim Seldon illustrate Hush. So, uh, I guess we can start wrapping up this podcast episode and our final thoughts, our W breakdown, as I call it, of the <laughs> Batman. Um, do you think yeah. he'll show up in the Flash movie? Or it's not. It's not time yet. Um, I don't think it's time yet. I think. Yeah. I think what they should do is pretty much what they did for the Dark Knight. Keep it simple. If they can avoid team ups with with Justice League, at least for right now, because you want it to, you kind of want to rebuild your environment. So you kind of want to make a world where Superman could exist, so that you can have this version of Batman meet that version of Superman. Yeah. Um, and you know, going back to what you said about about. And, you know, um, Matt Reeves directing uh, uh, Planet of the Apes. Uh, each of his movies have like, you know, uh, you know, and like, a, uh, like, you know, the apes. So I think that they should do something like that with uh, with the Batman. So maybe like, um, uh, you know, like have the really cool word and then of the Batman, you know, something like that. I think so that would be Batman's really cool. At the end of it. So blank of the Batman. Yeah, blank of the Batman. You know, trials yeah. of the Batman, son yeah, of yeah. the Batman. That sort. Of, yeah, that's um, a neat idea. It gets confusing yeah. when, when people are trying to categorize the movie at Blockbuster, but there's only mm-hmm. like a, a lot, one Blockbuster left, so I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, but overall, uh, I give this movie um, a solid like eight out of ten. It's okay, it's really yeah. good, really good movie. Definitely, I don't, I don't, I mean. I definitely think it is up there with like the Burton ones because I love the Burton ones and I think they 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 hold I think they hold their weight um and they hold the the test of time um, yeah 
I, I love Batman Forever, even though it's the third one. Um, I guess technically it's the fourth one because Batman 66 that like Adam West has a Batman movie. So, you yeah. know what? F it. It's, it's the fourth one. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you know, you know, Batman and Robin and Batman Forever, they, they of course hold a special place in my heart, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which we could talk about too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Oh, uh, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll talk briefly about it. Um, my, well, my uncle, uh, John Levesque, was the audio engineer that that brought you the 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 sound behind those those two movies. You know, he um he he passed away in November of of last year, and uh, you know, it's uh, those those movies aren't exactly you know they're not the best Batman movies by any means, but you know, it was something to say that like you know, hey, I know someone who worked on those movies and kind of take that inspiration and you know kind of kind of like kind of in- internalize that and see where where that could how that can inspire me to do to do other batman projects and uh i was i was really annoyed that he wasn't honored at the oscars i, I was i was annoyed yeah it's really sad uh, and he actually he recorded bat sounds for batman forever or batman and robin uh, in an actual bat cave and got sick because he was in there so long. Yes. So yes. Some really interesting stories about him working on those movies. He has he won BAFTAs. He was nominated for Oscars. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he was a big deal, and uh, he's greatly missed John Lebeck. Um, you know, and he's my wife's um, uncle as well, of course, since you're yeah. her brother. Um, but um, yeah. He's he did a he did a ton of movies. I would think like the Fugitive, um, is Fugitive. maybe the biggest that he worked on. Mm-hmm. But like Three Kings is also in there. Uh, Princess and the Frog, Under Siege. Yeah. Um, you know, High School Musical Three. Three. We said at the same time. Yes. Yes. Uh, the Core. Uh, yes, the core. Some of all fears, and the other one, I believe there there was like two of those that uh, mm. um, that he did. Oh, he um, also did Elf. Elf. He did Elf. Oh yeah, yeah, and he did not get along with John Favreau that well. But oh, fine. I never heard that. I heard that. Yeah. I never heard that. Yeah, yeah, they just didn't get along on set, and I, I always wondered what it was. But mm. yeah, to each their own, you know. Who knows. It could have just Happens. been like one day, just like made him a little angry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but yeah, he will definitely be missed. All of those sound effects that you hear in Batman Forever and Batman and Robin were from him. And mm-hmm. I remember uh, the internet was like, "Why does the dinosaur make a sound when it's inanimate in Batman and Robin? Like when they skate off of the the dinosaur tail? I think that's what happens, or he shoots the mm-hmm. dinosaur with, with ice." Yes. And it makes a little dinosaur sound. And I asked your uncle that. I asked Uncle John, and he and I was like, "Yeah, so why why does it make a sound?" And he's like, "Well, what else is a dinosaur supposed to sound like?" <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, there's, there's something to the camp in Batman Forever and Batman and Robin that maybe at the time when they were made, this was like, "Oh, well, we don't like these. Like, this isn't the best movie." But like, if you look back now, we've had so many Batman movies that like. Yeah, why can't some of them be campy and silly and ridiculous? <laughs> you know, like yeah, sure. We we have this super serious incel Riddler now. Like, I also want a campy, mm-hmm. fun Jim Carrey Riddler. You know, I don't yeah. want 
I don't want everything that I'm watching to be depressing and like real life. Uh, yeah. Like sometimes I want like the campiness of Arnold Schwarzenegger's um, frost puns. You know what I mean? And like I love the giant cityscape of Gotham in those movies. The giant statuesque, mm-hmm. like statues of human beings. Um, the anthropomorphic yeah. like like buildings is like a really really cool idea and i love that gotham that they built in oh yeah it's so unique yeah um and you know the thing is like uncle john i when you know i'm like i'm only 17 now so like my my relationship with with my uncle is you know pretty much based on me as a young a young boy really before i was mature enough to have these kinds of conversations with him uh which is you know because when when by the time you know things started happening with him i was it was uh it it was wasn't going to happen but um when from from what what i when i look back on those movies i just pretty much see like the how how uncle john acted with me because he was very, you know, upbeat and you know, uh, 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 campy himself, you know. So very watching, campy, very fantastic and very fun and silly way. He was really yeah. great, had great energy with that. And like I asked him, he's kind of like Tommy Lee Jones, you know. Definitely, he worked on so many Tommy Lee Jones movies too. I asked him <laughs> yes. his favorite uh, movie he worked on was like in the last couple weeks that he was with us, and he was able to tell me Under Siege. He told me mm-hmm. and Holly under siege. So we watched that and it's Tommy. Yeah. Honestly, I think the reason why they chose him as two face in Batman forever is because of his performance in under siege. And it's yeah. so funny that under siege and Batman forever have that almost that same Tommy Lee Jones performance. Um, even though I feel like, like the key, he could do more in Batman forever. Right. Two-Face is just kind of like also there uh, to Jim Carrey. Like I think Jim mm. Carrey is you know, overacting to death, eating up the scenery, uh, but I love it. Uh, and Tommy Lee Jones is trying to do that, but just it's hard to keep up with Jim Carrey in 1995, you know? Absolutely. And, yeah. So if you hear the, the um, microphone moving weird, it's because my cat is right here. Lana Leopard has joined the party and is being really cute. And I mean, I'm wow. Watching, you know? Come down here. No, don't yeah. step on the computer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, what uh I think correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the reason Uncle John said that the Under Siege was his favorite was because that was the first uh movie that he was uh, uh that he got nominated for an Academy Award. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah. And yeah. I think like being on the boat and, and shooting and stuff, I think was a, just a really fascinating experience for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's so cool how he worked on Under Siege and Batman Forever, and those are two Tommy Lee Jones things. He also worked on a ton of Harrison Ford projects. He, like, mm-hmm. it's pretty so wild, so cool. Yeah. yeah. So that brings us to the end of the podcast. Uh, definitely de- dedicated to John Levesque this episode. Uh, yes. Final thoughts. Any any more thoughts on the Batman? Um, it's solid. I'm excited to see the sequel. Someone was joking the sequel is going to have a blue filter and is going to take place during Christmas, which I think is really <laughs> funny. Uh, or maybe a green filter. This one's very red. Uh, I yes. think the, the entire Batmobile sequence was practical, which is pretty wild mm. and neat. 
uh colin farrell's performance as the penguin is he's unrecognizable he's just that character from the comics this this batman movie was the most like the comics i've ever felt the batman movie be it didn't feel like i was watching a batman movie it felt like i was reading a batman comic more so um, right and i mean that as a huge compliment to this film to what matt mm -hmm. reese brought to it to what robert pattinson brought to it again that jowl I he I think he wins. I think he wins best jowl with that jawline. <laughs> like it's it's insane how cool he looks in that suit. Uh, Wait, I'm sorry. Did you say like, jowl? Jowl, yeah. Do you mean do you mean cowl? I mean underneath his cowl, his jowl. Like, like that, oh oh okay, I I see what you mean. Okay, <laughs> his jowl. All right. Oh, we, all right, we all right. that be the name of our batman uh comic book it should be like the jowl under the cowl or something <laughs> jowl under the cowl jowl of the batman <laughs> that's the next batman movie that's the christmas one we figured it out no um, i've always wondered about that you know because like of how how it's cut you know i feel like like you know bruce wayne is just at a at a at a dinner party someone holds a napkin like at the top por portion of his face like Oh my god, man! <laughs> yeah, in How I Met Your Mother, they do something like that with with this character named the Captain. Like when you mm -hmm. just see his mouth and his eyes are covered, he looks like happy. But then when you just see his eyes and you see his mouth covered, he looks like <laughs> really angry at you. And like, but he, it's always the same face. But when you just cover one portion, it changes how he feels. That's great. <laughs> he always looks both technically. But yeah uh so wrapping up we're wrapping up um yep yeah i don't know what they're gonna do for the sequel i don't know if they're gonna actually add the joker more um i i don't know i think there was a reason why that scene was deleted um again i thought barry's performance was fine uh i just mm -hmm. i just didn't find it that interesting and i know and i feel like there was a reason why they cut it and like me finding it under uh, uninteresting was that reason but still mm -hmm. like i mean i thought it was a a lofty try um and i hope to see um other interpretations of the batman villains in these next yeah. films and the batman heroes i hope to see a robin i hope to see a batgirl hope to mm -hmm. see like you know a damian wayne as we were saying or something to that effect so yeah or a hunter, you know mm. huntress can yeah. be in the next movie for sure so we'll see well actually now, now that I think about it, I I feel the, the the probability of this version of Batman having having you know sexual relations with uh some other you know some woman and having a son during this time I feel like just very unlikely. You yeah, know what I mean? I think it's more Helena Wayne we're gonna get the Huntress. I think yeah, like him and Catwoman are pretty set. We 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 just had a whole movie setting up him and Catwoman. I think that's what it's gonna yeah. end up being. Also. Sure. I'll save this for another time because I know you're trying to, to wrap up, but I just want to say, express my my pure disdain for any Batgirl and Batman relationships. I just like actually, if we, if we do a video on the Killing Joke, I'll you know talk more about that. But yeah, I, I don't think I like that either. That that ship doesn't sound very saleable to me. No. Uh, so this has been the AT and WB podcast. I have been your host, Chris Booker Taylor, and I have been joined with Galaxy Productions.
Yeah, yeah, Grayson, Grayson Levesque. Grayson Grayson Levesque off of Growlixy Productions. So find him. Um, Do you have a Batman um, Lego short? Um, actually, there? I ha- I have one that's in the works. Um, it's uh, it's taken me a long time to write because I want it to be good, and you know I got some new equipment, the new lights, uh, new cities. So it's uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Um, and I I'm excited to to show it to you guys when when I finally shoot it. And uh, friends if, set. If, if you have the friends sets, that would be canon to the show since Friends is Warner Brothers. So yeah, totally. And like you know, actually uh, happen. Like Batman could show up, but like on the set of Friends, any moment, and like it'd be fine. Yes, that would be perfect. Would also, Wonder Woman. Yeah. To to, to quickly put you on the to quickly put you on the spot, I'm working oh. on a Batman. You want me to you you wanna you wanna help out with that? <laughs> If it's like voices or something like we, used yeah, to do. totally. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. be totally down. That'd be great. Hopefully, I'm not too busy with work. Um, I also like. I I didn't say this, but I feel like the only thing I didn't love about the Batman two was like the time that he passes out and then he's in the cop thing. Like no one took off his cowl when he was passed out to see who he was. <laughs> yeah, I I know. I mean, I think. I, Wonder, well, so so they already tried that at the police station, and it didn't work out for them. So I guess they. And I think I think they were also kind of playing around with that the the element of it doesn't matter who you are under the mask. It's true. It's, it's very you. True. It's what you do that defines you. You know, because that's like actually there was an episode of <laughs> of uh, of that animated Harley Quinn show yeah. where where's I. I think it's Scarecrow that reveals the identity of Batman to Joker and Joker yes, yeah, yeah. is just mad now. And I'm like, like, it doesn't matter to Joker who Batman is, like, nor should it. it. Yeah. Because you know, it's like the Joker. I think what the Riddler is supposed to be is the Joker. They just didn't want to say he's a Joker. Cause like characters like the Joker need Batman and you know, Batman doesn't have, um, well, isn't necessary without people like the Joker. So yeah. that was yeah. that was part of um, Kevin Smith's run of Batman as well, where he mentions how uh, he has he has Batman save Joker's life. I think Joker's like shot or something, and he like picks him up and, and saves his life, and he's like. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I could exist without this guy. Like I need, like it's my yin to my yang, you know. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So right. this is this is it. We did we did it. We made it to the end of the of the Batman. Uh, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna kick on the Nirvana now, and we're gonna peace out. All right. Yeah. Join um, us next time. Same bat time. Same bat channel. Exactly. Same right? bat place. ATNWB podcast on your rss feeds fare thee well that's all folks Roar! this has been a full dinosaur production <laughs>